Hey sickos, I'm LJ. And I'm Tao. And this is Say Psycho Right Now. Say Psycho Right Now is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Some content may be considered disturbing or graphic. This podcast also contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. To access our socials or become a Patreon member with access to early episodes and bonus content, find us on any social media platform and consult the link tree in our bio or go to www.patreon.com slash psycho right now. You can also follow us on our socials or wherever you stream your podcasts and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying our content so we can continue to reach more people. This is a great free way to support your favorite content creators. Case suggestions or stories to share can also be sent to now at gmail.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Yay! Welcome back to the shit show. We have another spooky episode. Our theme songs are getting out of fucking control over here, but uh, thanks for coming back anyways. So, um, today we have a historical case for you spooky little Butterbean. And it's been a minute since we've done one, which kind of like surprises me because I have a little special interest in those. I don't know why we haven't done one in a while, but I'm glad to hear. Yeah. And I feel like like several of the ones that we did kind of died with the first eight episodes that you'll notice are no longer available wherever you get your podcast. Oh, true. Because our audio was such shit that we felt like morally obligated to pull those i think what we're (laughs) gonna try to do is like run them through a little remastering software just to like so you know we're a small pod with limited funding and you know this just is not up there on the um priority list of things to pay for because it'll probably be pretty costly but what i would like to do 
So I would like to have somebody who has more editing knowledge than myself, like an actual professional person, try and like remaster these episodes to see if we can sort of salvage the audio quality. I don't know if it's really possible, but you know, I, I would like to have somebody take a stab at it. I, I got a decent result trying to do it on my own, but I think a professional person could probably do a better job. You know, in theory, we could, we could re-record the episodes and we're not, we're not opposed to doing a Taylor Swift, but you know, I think it's, would be less authentic the second time around. And also like some of them, and I'm like looking at you, Robert, the doll, the episode that died 47 times. I feel like that episode is haunted in and of itself, first of all. But anyway, we had to record that one like four times just to get the kinks worked out. So It was our first ever episode. Yeah. My thought is like, you know, there's just so much content that we're trying to put out right now. Like we do three episodes a week total, including what people get over on Patreon, right? Yeah. So... For us, like, we're already doing that. We work full-time, yada, 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 to dedicate another whatever. I think we pulled the first eight or nine episodes, so we're looking at, like, an hour each to re-record, then the editing time as well, and Mm -hmm. posting, getting them up, promoting them. It's just a lot of time and energy for something that a lot of our dedicated listeners have already heard and put up with our audio quality on like we would rather fix them up later and re-release them on their own little like feed if that makes sense so that it's not Mm. the first thing that people hear when they go to search for us either like you know the content was always good but we don't want the first thing that people hear to be us like in our struggle era (laughs) yeah yeah because we realized looking at our analytics we were getting a shit ton ton of downloads on that first episode and you know significantly less downloads on every subsequent episode and we're probably like well yeah they probably heard the audio quality and we're like fuck this shit right and now that we've done that like the analytics are up on other earlier episodes but don't really fall off after that you know correct 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 although the clancy children is still our number still to this day our number one downloaded episode and and it uh for the past at least several weeks off the top of my head it has immediately followed whatever that current week's episode is for the most downloads yeah so it has been it has been the second most downloaded episode every week and i think it's because there's new developments coming out in that case right now and it's kind of back in the news again. right which like we do plan on revisiting that case that was another one where like we often don't cover things that haven't gone to trial yet because there's really enough information for like a robust episode But in this case, there was enough information Mm. and we figured it would be 
a suitable episode to revisit with a two-parter later once this does go to trial. Yeah, and I know there's been some... I've been following some of the recent developments in the case. I know Annie Elise, that girl is always on top of the breaking news. I, I God bless her team because... I don't know how she does it. I, I mean, I know she has a team, but like that girl is the first on everything. Yeah, she's still very um, much like on top of her shit. Having a team or not, she puts out a lot of content and and, and extraordinary amount of content. But yeah, I was consuming some of the the content with the with the newest updates in that case, and it's pretty interesting. So look forward to seeing LJ's second take on that case um at some point because we're all in hell god i hate that i had my microphone muted we don't even have to edit this out um i (laughs) muted my microphone because um usually i record with airpods in right but my kid like took my airpods put them somewhere else i'm not gonna wake the beast this early to find out where she put them um that made me like literally cackle (laughs) and my microphone was muted oh i hate it here okay go on friend yeah so anyways without further ado let's get into today's case and not only is it a historical case but you guys it's a female serial killer and we know that that's been like a popular request that people always want to hear more about it because it's really not a super common phenomenon on the spectrum of things that we see yeah and i feel like a good portion of the female serial killers that we've actually seen are historical cases as well like wild crazy yeah there was amelia dyer which was a fucked up right one. and then there was nanny doss that you covered oh, yeah nanny doss was uh really fucking creepy the granny um, from hell. the granny from hell so okay this one is so funny is kind of giving like Amelia Dyer and Nanny Doss hybrid vibes. Oh, they had a baby. Um, Their sick love child. <laughs> Literally. In the sense of this person was in a caretaking capacity like Amelia Dyer, but her her she was pulling the life insurance shit mm. just like Nanny Doss. It, it really do be the life insurance sometimes. It really do be the life insurance. I will say at least there's no there are no kids that are victims in this case. They're all adult human people. Oh, we do love to hear um, that. Not that we love adult human people being murdered, but children is like always especially troubling. Yeah. Yeah. So Amy was born Amy Dugan. And you guys, she was born on October 31st, 1873. Ooh, she was a spooky girl from birth spooky girl from birth is right she was born on halloween her parents were james dugan and mary kennedy and she was born in milton connecticut she was the eighth of 10 children and we don't know a whole lot about her upbringing in her early years although it is possible that maybe there was some history of mental illness in the family as we know that her brother was committed to an asylum in 1890 
and her sister was allegedly paralyzed from the waist down after having jumped off the roof of the family home. Yeah, it sounds like there was some family noodle problems going on. Yeah, it sounds like there was some drama llama going on in the family, which I think is relevant to, you know, the fact that she became a serial killer. In 1897, Amy married James Archer, and they had a daughter together um, that same year who they named Mary. Now, in 1901, Amy and James were hired as caretakers for an elderly man named John Seymour. And as a part of this caretaking role, they moved into Mr. Seymour's home in Newington, Connecticut. When Mr. Seymour passed away in 1904, his family decided that they would turn the residence into a nursing home. And they and the archers sort of came to an agreement that Amy and James would continue living there and provide care to the residents for a fee. And then they would pay a portion of that to the family as rent. For the next several years, the archers ran the home under the name Sister Amy's Nursing Home for the Elderly. And this all went fine and well until about 1907 when Mr. Seymour's family decided that they wanted to sell the property. Now, running this home for three years must have proven to be a profitable venture to Amy and James, at least to some degree, because this prompted them to move to Windsor, Connecticut, where they used all of their savings to purchase a property and convert it into a nursing home of their very own, which they called the Archer Home for the Elderly and Infirm. Creative um, creative name remember guys this is the early 1900s so they were just like this is exactly what it is we should label it that way <laughs> pretty much there was uh, no morgan and morgan for the people.com nothing <laughs> <laughs> now the first sort of red flag or sign of trouble at the home came in 1909 when the family of a resident sued the archers for five thousand dollars which i know lj's gonna ask in the- <laughs> <laughs> she knows i, I love the converted version <laughs> which but, would but be what is it in currency today toe okay well i'm gonna tell you what it is in currency today lj it would be equivalent to around one hundred and seventy thousand dollars in today's money so not a small amount not a small amount so and they initiated this lawsuit alleging that their relative had been kept in unsanitary conditions now unfortunately we don't know the outcome of that lawsuit it just you know it was the first kind of like red flag now the very next year in 1910 james archer unfortunately passed away The circumstances surrounding his death at the time didn't seem suspicious, but in hindsight, there are a few factors to call into question. That's suspicious. That's weird. That's weird. Like the fact that Amy had taken a life insurance policy out on her husband just a few weeks prior to his death. She said weeks. That's never good. Weeks is never good. We don't take when are you people gonna fuck? I mean, I know this was the early 1900s, so she was probably like one of the first to do this scam. But when are you people gonna learn to not fucking take a life insurance policy out on somebody 
literally weeks before you off. Literally, early 1900s, she was probably like, they won't ever think to check the paper. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Such a great old lady. Thank voice. you. Thank you. I'm in practice. Okay. Now, his official cause of death at that time was listed. You guys, the causes of death in this story are so asinine. And and again, I know it was the early 1900s, but like, come on. His official cause of death at the time was listed as Bright's disease, which is basically like an old fashioned term for nephritis, which is inflammation of the kidneys. Um, And that can have any number of causes per Dr. Google. Um, They would literally be like, Oh, that woman, that woman, she was suffering from the delirium. It was the delirium that got her. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like cause of death, delirium, for fact. For Literally. Fact. Now, after Mr. Archer's passing, Amy continued to run the Archer home using the life insurance money. And another three years went by before she met the man that was to be her second husband, Mr. Michael Gilligan. Now, Mr. Gilligan was a wealthy widower who was not only interested in Amy romantically, but also interested in investing in the Archer home. Sadly, Mr. Gilligan passed away just a few short months into their marriage on February 20th, 1914. And although he did have four adult sons, his entire estate was left to his new bride. As at some point during the five whole minutes that they were married, Mr. Gilligan had apparently had a new will drawn Mm, up. Super suspect. I mean, not that suspect to draft up a will like after you get married. Like that's actually pretty common. However, the whole like dying thing, that'll do it. Yeah, like three months after you drafted the will. And of course, this will left everything to his wife. And Amy, once again, continued on running the Archer house just as she had done before. Mr. Gilligan's cause of death was listed as an acute bilious attack, which again, per Dr. Google, we're not medical professionals. It's it's basically severe indigestion. Not the indigestion. There have been times in this pregnancy where I thought that I was going to die of the, what do you call it? <laughs> the acute bilious attack. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was coming for me. <laughs> Thank God for Tom's. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Things appeared to be going pretty normally up until May of that same year, 1914, when a relatively healthy resident of the home by the name of Franklin Andrews passed away quite, it is said that on the morning of May 29th, Mr. Andrews had been outside doing some gardening at the home. And by later on that evening, he was dead. His official cause of death was listed as a gastric ulcer. Now, Mr. Andrews' sister, Nellie Pierce, was quite shaken by his death, and she was very curious as to how her seemingly healthy brother basically just dropped dead on a random day. Nellie was also, you know, basically the next of kin. She was the person that was tasked with retrieving Mr. Andrews' belongings from the home, and it is said that among his things... Nellie found letters from Amy requesting money from her brother. Now, 
there's some conflicted reporting here. Some sources state that it was one singular letter requesting a loan of $1,000, whereas other sources state that there were multiple letters showing that Amy had requested money from Mr. Andrews on several occasions. And it it's kind of hard to say sometimes with these historical cases, but we do know that at some point or another, Amy asked Franklin Andrews for money, which in and of itself is a red flag. God would hate for people to see my text exchanges with John lately. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Hey, babe. <laughs> Love him so much. <laughs> Spare change. Spare change. <laughs> Literally. He takes such good care of me. <laughs> um, now, Ms. Pierce was quite suspicious about the circumstances surrounding her brother's death at this point. And she opted to contact the local district attorney. Um, sadly, she wasn't taken very seriously, so she decided that she would contact the local newspaper, the Hartford Current, and they published a story referring to the home as a murder factory. Actually, it was one of several stories, the first of several. They they published several stories about the Archer home and the shady things that were going on in there. Now, this, of course, caught the attention of both the public and the local authorities. And it wouldn't be long before a formal investigation would begin. The investigation took a year to complete, and what authorities found was nothing short of vile. Now, yeah, it's spooky, spooky. Now, the first obvious red flag and disturbing detail that was uncovered during this investigation is that between 1907 and 1910, so the years that Mr. Archer was alive and helping run the home, only 12 deaths in total occurred there at the Archer home. Comparatively, between the years of 1911 and 1916, 48 deaths occurred at the Archer home. And if you divide those numbers up, that goes from an average of four deaths per year to an average of almost 10 deaths per year. So the death rate more than doubled in those subsequent five years following Mr. Archer's passing. Too many croaks is the bottom line, people. The math ain't mathin'. Way too many croaks is right. Additionally, it was discovered that her second husband's will was forged by none other than Amy herself. Scandal! Scandal, scandal. And it was discovered that his was not the only one she had forged. She would often manipulate residents into including her in their will or just forge it herself. Amy. It was also... Yeah. That is her name, right? (laughs) Her name. Jesus Christ, yes. I like said it and then I was like, wait. <laughs> Hate myself, go on. It was also discovered that she had taken out life insurance policies on many of the residents. The investigation also consisted of a private investigator, a woman named Zola Bennett being hired by the Connecticut State Police to go undercover inside the home as a resident and gather evidence of what the living conditions were like and also try to catch Amy in the act of swindling her residents. In the um, act of swindling. The 1900s are so crazy. 
<laughs> Why is that so crazy? I don't know. Just the word swindling seems like such a 1900s crime. <laughs> I've literally heard you use the word swindling in reference to your own children. Well, that's actually pretty true. But in this context, you're like, you were like, Leonard, did you just swindle toe out of a pie at Walmart? Well, that's actually really true. I think I also referred to some criminal that we covered as a swindly little butt bag, and we used the acronym oh, SLBB no. for a little Do while. Do you know who the swin- swindly little butt bag was? That was, um, that was Hugh Hefner. <laughs> disproportionately funny <laughs> it wasn't even like some serial killer <laughs> Hugh Hefner <laughs> yeah no Hugh Hefner was the I'm pretty confident was the origin of the swindly little butt bag if you back. <laughs> I mean he was a swindly little butt bag so <laughs> tracks yeah okay yeah so she tried to catch her swindling the residents now it was also discovered that Amy had several tactics that she would use to cover up her crimes. Firstly, she would be sure to have the bodies removed from the premises as soon as possible so as to, quote, not upset the other residents. Additionally, it was found that the medical examiner performing all of the autopsies was on her payroll. Yikes. That is never a good thing. Yeah, no, never. Okay. Now, Dr. Howard King was Windsor, Connecticut's only medical examiner at the time, and he was employed by Amy as the home's resident physician. Additionally, Amy would always send flowers and condolences to the family, and oftentimes she would even pay for the funeral services. So she really would go out of her way to give these families the impression that she cared for their loved ones. When in reality, she was merely sacrificing a small portion of her murder profits to save face. Right. Now, in addition to all of this, all of this other bullshit, okay, authorities exhumed the bodies of both of Amy's husbands, as well as Mr. Andrews and two others, okay? They were able to determine that all five had died from poisoning by either arsenic or strychnine well that's not a very good realization no it's not a very good realization dr howard king with the gastric ulcer and the indigestion sounds suspicious. literally local shop owners were able to verify that amy had purchased large quantities of arsenic, which she claimed was to kill rats and other pests in the Archer home. She just has so many rats. They're like 200 pounds each. Literally. So many rats. Additionally, she would often send residents to purchase poison for her, likely so as to not raise suspicion about the amount she was purchasing. Ultimately, though, where Amy really fucked up is that she, like many serial killers, got way too comfortable and she started targeting younger and healthier people and that's what really led to the suspicions that prompted the investigation that really nailed her now eventually amy archer gilligan was arrested on five counts of murder her lawyer did manage to have this reduced to one count and that was for the murder of mr andrews however Upon being found guilty of murder on June 18th, 1917, she was still sentenced to death. 
She did appeal this decision and was granted a retrial in 1919, this time pleading not guilty by reason of insanity. She was once again found guilty of murder, but this time sentenced to life in prison instead of death. In 1924, Amy was declared temporarily insane and subsequently transferred to Connecticut Hospital for the Insane, where she remained until her death in 1962. It should be noted that although she was only charged with five murders, we do believe that, you know, she was responsible for possibly maybe more than 60 deaths in total. So yeah, there was a lot going on there at the Archer home. Um, but that's all I have for today's story. Hope you guys, um, enjoyed that one. Always a good time. Always a good time. Thank you for joining us. And, um, yeah, coming up, we have uh, calendar, calendar, calendar. Where is our calendar coming up for you guys? We have, okay, coming up for you guys next week for patrons, we have an off topic Tuesday and next week's episode will be about a crime that's the best i got for you probably the honeybee killer probably probably but there will be crime involved there will be spook involved there will be an episode of some form we're kind of we're we have most most of our podcast career we have been recorded ahead of time and that's just simply not the case right now with everything that's been going on so right you know you guys who've been listening know it's just been a lot lately but we're doing the thing we're doing the thing so yeah there's gonna be an episode it's a super special surprise and we hope you'll tune in for it and we'll catch you guys there why did i hesitate so hard that was so weird bye guys bye toodaloo Bye. Lenny, do you want to say bye to the people? She waved. So she waved. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>